Welcome to the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. This is a show about pushing through obstacles and hard times in order to live a happy and fulfilled life. I'm your host, Ted Fayton, and it's a pleasure to have you joining us. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Let's grow. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. Glad to have you all here today and also glad to have Erica Powell in the studio today. How are you? Good. Glad to be here. Yeah, glad to have you. Thanks for joining us. Um, we're going to jump right into the topic of today and, and really kind of sharing your story. But first, I always like to make sure I introduce you to our listeners and give you an opportunity to let them know who you are. So why not tell them what it is you do and where you're from? Awesome. Um, from Anderson, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. I've been living in Greenville for about three years now. Nice. I went to Clemson, was a cheerleader there. Okay. Um, that kind of took me to Charleston and then back here in Greenville. So uh, a business owner here just opened a new business called The Booty Shop. Mm-hmm. We are a female-focused fitness studio that I'm sure we'll talk about at some point during this interview. Sorry not to talk about something that has the word booty in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also am a person living with a disability. Um, I mm-hmm. am a fiancé, a sister, a daughter, all those things. All that stuff. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. <laughs> well, I'll, I guess I'll start from the beginning in South Carolina. We'll kind of ease into a little bit in terms of growing up in South Carolina. I've only been here mm-hmm. for, uh, I want to say six years now, okay. just over six years. And I've seen it change drastically since yeah. I've been here. What's the difference, the main difference you know about whether it's Greenville, I know you went to school in Clemson, just mm-hmm. kind of the air around the upstate of South Carolina mm-hmm. as you've grown up. How's that changed? It's changed a ton. So, well, I grew up in Anderson, so we still thought of Greenville as the big city. Like, yeah. I remember coming to Greenville to go shopping to the Haywood Mall and, you know, all that fun stuff. But downtown Greenville was nothing like it is now. Mm-hmm. And as a person who lives in the middle of downtown and gets to experience it every single day and how it is thriving now, it just blows my mind how we're changing and evolving and progressing. I feel like we as a city are doing an amazing job at staying one step ahead of everything in South Carolina. So yeah. It's really refreshing. I mean, I went to Clemson, which is kind of a small town, college town feel. Um, so I got the best of both worlds with that and then moved to Charleston, which I also loved. But whenever we moved, my fiance and I moved back to Greenville, mm-hmm. we thought we would really miss Charleston. We thought we'd miss the beach. We thought we'd miss living downtown Charleston and all of that good stuff. And while we did, mm-hmm. Greenville was such so much more of a community for us nice. than than Charleston ever was. And I think it's because we have the best of both worlds and it's a big city. Mm-hmm. It's growing and it's thriving and changing, but it still has, or I guess I'd say the people still have the small town feel, which yeah. is like person to person. Like I know you, I want to get to know you. We're in the same community. So yeah. I love that about it. I think my fiance and I noticed that she lived in Charlotte before moving to Greenville mm-hmm. and she loved the big city that Charlotte was. But when she, we were here for a while she came to really love the community. She said yeah. the community in Greenville is so inclusive and specifically the fitness community where yeah. we go to a number of different gyms. Like right before the podcast, you mentioned how Jess came to the booty shop uh, yeah. before it was a booty shop mm-hmm. and really kind of having that all inclusiveness with the community has been awesome. Yeah. I love mentioning how fast Greenville's go- growing because I think it's a perfect incubator. It's a very, very fertile area for entrepreneurship and and folks who are kind of taking those chances going out on their own and when you're in a city that's 
kind of experiencing its own form of growth, mm-hmm. I think you're allowed to grow with it. So Yeah, we can all help each oh, other. Yeah. Like we have girls come in the booty shop every single day saying that they're new here. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, you know, wanted to try a group fitness studio and check it out. And I love it because it just shows you how many young people are coming here yeah. to kind of start their careers, start their lives, um, and join the community and all of us kind of give our own perspective to yeah. it and help it grow. So it's been really neat. So how did the booty shop come about? <laughs> <laughs> so what's funny is I have a partner with the booty shop. Uh, it's my cousin. Mm-hmm. And before we started the studio together, she had successfully ran to other businesses and I was in the fitness and motivational speaking world. So I had personal training clients that I did kind of on the side and I just did a lot of motivational speaking that had me traveling a lot. And she would always help me kind of be my mentor in business mm-hmm. and I would always kind of help her too. So we'd bounce ideas off each other all the time. And she was kind of ready for something new. And she saw my uh, personal training career and virtual training career kind of taking off. And she said, hey, I have an idea. And she has crazy ideas all the time. So, of course, I entertained it. I was like, oh, you know what? Yeah. And she said, we need to start something together. I don't know what it's going to be. You've got to figure that out. But it's going <laughs> to be something in fitness. And it has to be about the booty. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, all right. So, I'm listening. I know, right? <laughs> That's all she had, though. Yeah. So I literally, like, we hung up from that conversation, whatever, went to sleep, and, like, we put big ideas on each other all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, but this one, neither one of us slept that night. And call each other the next day, and we're like, let's start looking for some real estate in Greenville, and let's do this. Wow. <laughs> so that conversation, it was the craziest thing, because that conversation was in, like, the end of February of last year. Mm-hmm. Um and we start, we got a spot at the end of March. We opened in July of last year. So you guys just jumped. So in. we jumped right in. And I, I don't think we even thought that a business could, especially a brick and mortar business mm-hmm. could start that quickly or that we could get up and running that fast. But it's almost like when it's right, everything just kind of flows out and pours mm-hmm. out, you know? Yeah. And it just took off. Gotta it's trust crazy. that. I love what you said, how we put big ideas on each other all the time. Oh, yeah. I think that's huge in terms of anyone who picks their friends or the circles that they kind of reside in. Mm-hmm. If your friends aren't challenging you and pushing you to grow, maybe, I'm not saying get rid of your friends. It's kind yeah. of heartless. But maybe try and cultivate some of those friends who will kind of challenge you with those big ideas and give you permission to be your full selves. Definitely. Oh. Example, you building a house versus yes. continuing to <laughs> rent an apartment. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Seriously. Andre texted me months ago and he texted me and my fiance, Jess, and was like, you should buy a house. Love it. <laughs> and I was like, literally. Um, <laughs> you no. And you're apartment. like, actually, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wait a minute. No, I, I think I'm okay. And then after that, that turned into Jess and I are looking to rent a house. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, okay, we're looking to buy a house. Mm-hmm. And I text Charles, uh, <laughs> I text Charles and Andre and I was like, Jess and I are building a house. <laughs> that is like the full extent of like, renting. Within like two weeks, I was like, this is beautiful. Yeah. yeah. This is beautiful. That's and they started with the loans. Well, I'm going to have to hit you up in a little bit because my fiance and I rent now downtown. We okay. love living mm-hmm. downtown. But, um, we've, well, we know that we want to buy, mm-hmm. but, what really like pushed us to the edge is our apartment complex is amazing. We love it, but yeah. we, it's like so strict. So we live in the, the, our back door leads into the dog park, which is mm. amazing. That's why I picked it. Cause we have two labs nice, and they're crazy. So it's amazing. <laughs> it's like a backyard in an apartment mm-hmm. building. Somehow we don't know. Cause we're very diligent about picking up our dog's poop. But if you accidentally miss one of your dog's poops, mm-hmm. 
you get a five hundred dollar fine. Ouch. Oh yeah. Yeah. Ouch. So it was like that at West Village. Yeah. Tragic. So like it's having, petty. <laughs> so we, you know, so I don't know what happened. It was either him or me. We don't know, but somebody left a poop on the ground. I guess. Oh man. And got the fine, and we're like, hmm. This might be what pushes us to <laughs> look into buying because mm-hmm. we're getting married as soon as, you know, it's right around the time our lease runs out. We're like, maybe we should just go take that leap. Yeah. That's a whole other journey. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. We could talk about that journey I know, too. Right? Um, I want to talk about, you mentioned your disability and, and mm-hmm. your eyesight. Mm-hmm. And I want to, I guess, unpack that story and what that journey was like because I actually don't really know the story. So I'd love to hear it and, yeah. and how that came about and really what your mindset was going through all that. Yeah, definitely. Um, I would say it was kind of a a long journey Um, to make the story kind of short. When I was six months old, I was diagnosed with a rare cancer in my eyes called retinoblastoma. Mm -hmm. Um, I had 14 tumors between both eyes and my doctors essentially told my parents, we need to remove both of her eyes or she's going to die of cancer. It's going to lead to the brain. Um, Luckily they kind of pressed and um, went to other doctors, got second opinions and they decided to do kind of a rare treatment at the time with radiation. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was treated with this really powerful radiation treatment and it worked. I've been cancer free for over 20 years now, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, But of course, radiation is really damaging to the body. So slowly over time, I've been having progressive vision loss. It's been kind of just deteriorating my vision. Mm -hmm. So at this point in my life, I'm totally blind in my left eye. It's like blackness over there. And then in my right eye, I see about 2,200. So like 20 feet away to an average person looks about 200 feet away to me. Oh, wow. So you can imagine it's just like I can see big shapes. I can Mm -hmm. see colors, but that's about it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I can't drive. I can't read regular, you know, print. Wow. Um, I have to really utilize technology to kind of work and run my business and Mm -hmm. all of that good stuff. And in the beginning, um, it was definitely tough. I think being a kid with a disability, Mm -hmm. especially in high school and going into college was tough because I didn't want anyone to know about it. Yeah. I didn't want to be different because Mm -hmm. we've always seen disability as like something negative. Yeah. Um, Did you try to hide it or? Oh yeah. Yeah. Totally tried to hide it. Um, And I was kind of able to trick people back then because it was, my vision was even better than it is now. Mm -hmm. So I would keep it to myself. Wouldn't tell anyone, even my closest of friends and learned pretty quickly that wasn't really going to work out. Um, I would like hear rumors in high school, like, oh, Erica is so stuck up. She doesn't say hey to us in the hallway. Or we ca- oh, we no. try to invite her over to our lunch table and she walks right past us like she doesn't know who we are. Oh, wow. You know, they didn't realize that I just couldn't see them or be able to tell who is who yeah. in a crowd of people. So I learned really quickly that, okay, either life's going to go downhill or I can just finally accept this, own it, tell people and love myself through it. And yeah. so that's kind of what I did. And that luckily led me into my college days um, mm-hmm. where I got to experience some pretty awesome things with Clemson okay. and being an athlete there. Um, I know you because you mentioned cheerleading yeah, with Clemson or whatnot. Yeah. At that point, have you kind of um, expressed what you were going through and was everybody around you aware of it at that time? So everyone around me in high school definitely was, I would say by my senior year of high school, I'd Mm -hmm. finally accepted it and just, it was starting to progress so much that I had to, or Mm -hmm. I would just, you know, be very depressed and not a, not a, 
great child life. Mm-hmm. So um, finally accepted it. And it was a true exception. Like it took a while to kind of get there um, and work through it. But I definitely did get there at towards the end of my high school career and going into Clemson. I didn't tell them that I was blind during the tryouts because I was so scared about them having those negative stereotypes on people with disabilities. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, like she's going to be dangerous. She's a liability, you Mm -hmm. know, whatever. And I also didn't want to be pegged as, oh, the cute disabled girl, you know, let's put her on the team for good morale, you know? Yeah. So I never told anyone, um, wanted to totally make it just on skill. And so I went through the tryouts and had a great experience. There were so awkward things that happened. Like they'd hold my number up for me to go and I couldn't see it. So I wouldn't go to be like, Erica, you can go. Um, So weird things like that happened. And then once I made the team, I fully disclosed everything with the athletic staff and coaches. Yeah, good for you. they were 100% accepting of it. It was a very cool experience. That's awesome. Yeah. I think that's huge too, because um, I hear a lot of, dynamics in that in terms of wanting to know that you're making it on your own merit that's Mm -hmm. why i said good for you because it's awesome Mm -hmm. to be able to go through the process completely without them knowing and then when when you actually get that nod and you make it on the team yeah okay now i have something to tell you (laughs) right but (laughs) (laughs) you've already said i'm good exactly yeah and that's awesome um Let's talk about when you, you go through college and you mentioned your, your motivational speaking or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Was that kind of a leg after going through all that acceptance? Oh, yeah. So um, after I made the team and, you know, disclosed all this, of course, it hit the media that Clemson had a blind cheerleader and it like blew people's minds. Yeah. Because when people think of blind people, for some reason, they just have these crazy stereotypes like they're helpless, they're not athletic, you know, they need a lot of help and all of this stuff that's not necessarily true. But um, I got a lot of media attention. And so I was on the news, I was in the paper, um, and I even got a call from The Ellen Show Ooh. and a little phone interview with The Ellen Show. I always joke like in my talks that she must have found someone cooler with a disability than me <laughs> to have on her show because she didn't pick me. But um with all that media attention came the request for speaking and I had no idea that that could be a career. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, they started asking me to come speak at these conferences across the, you know, United States. And I was like, yeah, I'd love to go to California. And you Mm -hmm. know, they'd be like, okay, well, what's your fee? And I was like, hold on, let me call you back. (laughs) Yeah. Let me talk to my agent. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I had no idea, but yeah, it started to slowly build that after all that attention. And yeah. So what kind of impact Mm. or what kind of message was, was your focus on sharing Mm. when you're going through that? And I'm sure it's something that probably kind of matures and grows into something that's still part of you now. Definitely. And um, in terms of like when you're sharing your story, what kind of impact to from then when you're touring to even now when someone comes into the booty shop and yeah. they're like, hey, I'm new here and, and you see this new person, what kind of impact do you try and bestow on them? Yeah. Oh, I love that question. So when I first, because it did change a lot and it still has, mm-hmm. um, when I first started, I was very much interested in working specifically in the disability field, um, which I'm still super passionate about today because I'm a person with a disability. So I first started speaking directly to like kids with disabilities or uh, service providers and professionals who worked with them. And my message was very much like, be your own self-advocate accept every single part of yourself, disability included. Um, don't let it define you, but own it. Yeah. And that was a cool message because that hadn't really been talked about in that field very much. Um, 
there were, you know, some people talking about empowering people with disabilities, but not from a person to person, peer to peer Mm -hmm. um, kind of talk. It was a lot of professionals to, you know, people with disabilities. So it was neat to be able to engage with them um, on that way and share my story and also hear theirs. Yeah. Um, And then as I evolved and started growing, it kind of led into more just general diversity, um, general female empowerment. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of has really led into everything that we believe at the booty shop. Yeah. Um, We are all about all different types of people making our workouts accessible and accommodating and feel comfortable for everyone. Um, and making sure our environment is very diverse and just a good place to yeah. come in and you feel good. You feel like you know the people, even if you don't. Mm-hmm. And it's very supporting. Which I can attest to that because, uh, again, I was snooping and watching yeah. some of the videos and I see you guys doing the workouts or whatnot. And it, there's some dudes in there, too. Yeah, they do. And they're getting yeah. in. I was like, you know, I might have to take, <laughs> people, take a, a booty class. Yeah. <laughs> people always ask us, they're class. like, so is it only for women? You'll not let a man in? And we're like, no one that's legal (laughs) Um, we would definitely let men in anybody's welcome we just are female focused but anyone's welcome and we as long as you're not being weird yeah (laughs) you're welcome at the beauty shop (laughs) absolutely and i asked that with like the message progressing because kind of as we were speaking about before um everything i do with the modern man it's almost like um the necessity for it Mm -hmm. became more obvious to me as time went on and as we were kind of putting our message out there everyone's like okay ted you seem to have a direction and know what you're talking about and i said it didn't start like that it really started Mm -hmm. with me kind of searching to find my way and what my answer was and i realized Mm -hmm. hey we're all lost and if we're all kind of lost and walking around in a circle let me walk in this direction Mm -hmm. and see see what happens and then i reached the wall and i kind of go across the wall i was like hey guys i found a door I don't know where it leads, but better than this room. Let's check it out. <laughs> yeah. But I, I kind of use that as the journey that I've gone through in terms of finding what my message is mm-hmm. and like what I can, I guess, bestow on on other people. I kind of say that hesitantly because I, I still try and humble myself to the point where I don't really know if I have much yeah. to teach because I have much mm-hmm. to learn. Uh huh. But yeah. um, I, I love how the the message changes as as we go through year by year and learn different things along the way. Oh yeah, I think that's the beauty of it because I'm the same as you. Like, I know that I still haven't been fully like enlightened, or my mind still isn't totally open to the possibilities, like how my message could change, how it could impact other people. So I'm always open to kind of letting my mind wander and figure that kind of stuff out as I go through life too. Yeah. And speaking of going through life and being that you were able to, to go through your disability acceptance and and not just, Mm. um, not just own it, but really kind of flourish and thrive with it. Mm -hmm. What would you just say to someone who's going through their own battle in terms of whether it be their own form of depression, uh, maybe they get, they get a diagnosis that they don't like. Mm -hmm. Uh, My story was, ulcerative colitis, which is an autoimmune disease, and it mainly affects my large intestine. And after I graduated high school, uh, after I graduated college, um, I had what's called a flare-up, and it landed me in the hospital for a couple of weeks. And at 23, wow. um, the doctor was talking about taking my large intestine out. Wow. Luckily, I haven't had to go back ever since, but I take pills every day, and it's kind of, I mean, kind of, I've accepted it. Like, it's yeah. who I am. Yeah. Me and my parents, they're older. We bond on you take your pills today. Mm-hmm. I, I took mine. You took your pills. <laughs> but and anybody that's going through 
a period in life where they got news that is less than ideal or mm-hmm. something that they're having a hard time getting through, what would you tell them to help them kind of get to the point of acceptance and owning it? Yeah, I think what helped me at first was giving my time, giving myself time to mm-hmm. reflect on it, to understand how you're feeling because those negative thoughts are normal. Like yeah. it's, it's hard to jump straight into being positive and swallowing that pill and just, you know, going about your life and it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, giving your time to re- yourself time to reflect on it. And, and then just realizing that you're still, whether you, whether or not you have this issue going on, whether it's a disability, a diagnosis or stressors in life, um, there's still so much to be thankful for. And it's a mindset shift. It's like, what do you want to put your focus on? Because that's where you're going to go. Yeah. If your focus is on the negativity and the bad stuff, that's where you're going to go. Um, but there's so much more out there and there's so many other great things going on in everyone's life. Um, that if you put your focus there, then mm-hmm. you'll start to get yourself out of the weeds. Yeah. I think it all starts in the mind in terms of mm-hmm. how we um, compare our current situation. Yeah. Where a, a lot of folks think, okay, when we compare ourselves to what we see on Instagram, when we compare ourselves to the social media of the world, everybody's always on vacation. Everybody has endless amounts of money in their bank account. Right. And I'm sitting over here struggling. Right. If you scroll through Instagram, it's really easy to kind of get that perception of the oh, world. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But the opposite perception that we don't get to see as much nowadays is, you know, there are people out there who are working paycheck to paycheck. Mm -hmm. There are people out there who are literally counting pennies because they're saving money aside. So their kid, so they can bankroll their kid to go to college. Mm -hmm. Um, We don't see those other aspects of life. Mm -hmm. So it's easy for us at the moment of any inconvenience, at the moment of anything that's less than comfortable to kind of think, why me? You know? Yeah. And I think that you really find yourself when you go through adversity. Mm-hmm. I think that that's when you like, you can, the like rock hits the road and you can figure out, okay, how can I make myself into a better person? How can I accept this, but also become a better person out of it? Yeah. Um, I think that advert and, and you've, we've seen it time and time again and a lot of other people that that's when you, that's when people really start to flourish yeah. is when they go through a hard spout. And they pick themselves up and keep going. Yeah. As yeah. someone told me, uh, one of my mentors, he said, you know, ask yourself, how are you going to show up in this situation? Mm-hmm. And then when you look back at how you showed up, are you going to be proud or embarrassed yeah. at the way at the way you acted? So it's definitely something to think about. Yeah. Um, heading to the last few minutes of the podcast here, I want to ask, obviously going through the acceptance is, is something that's that's difficult. Mm-hmm. But as you're heading into the future, everything with the booty shop, what gives you confidence to take on any other storm that might come your way? I think knowing that I have been through the adversity. And mm-hmm. I think if anyone has been through something and then has been able to get themselves back into a good place, that builds your confidence to know that you can do that no matter what. Yeah, um, I think that's, that's kind of always been ingrained in me. And I've always tried to see adversity as an opportunity. Nice. Um, and so I think that's probably what I, the route that I try to take. Yeah. yeah. Kind of just seeing it differently before it even arises. Where exactly. Yeah. I, I look at the problems that I have today is because I'm, I'm a bigger, stronger person. Mm-hmm. Whereas the problems I had at 18, you know, if I had a $500 oh, problem at 18, I would not be okay. Right. Now it still hurt, right. but I could handle and maintain the problem yeah. better because I've grown myself. Mm-hmm. Speaking of growing, 
Let's talk about the booty bar. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) How's that journey been? Because you mentioned how fast you jumped in. Yes. Challenging each other with big ideas. And what's the success been like? And what has the feedback been like since you've been open? And what are some things you have in store for the future of the booty bar? It's been... Or the booty shop. (laughs) It's been incredible. And that's what I was about to touch on. You know, it's been incredible. um, But with anything good, bad things also come. So... um, a lot of your listeners may be familiar, and you guys, we were talking about this before the show. We used to be the Booty Bar. When we first opened, we were the Booty Bar. And it was awesome. It was a perfect name. Everyone loved it. Yeah. Um, and, of course, like when they come into the studio, we create an awesome experience. And it's just a really cool environment and atmosphere, too. So that that was great, and we got a great response from that, so much so that we had a lot of interest in people franchising our model oh, wow. in less than six months So nice. of us being open. So we've been very, very grateful for that. Um, but then we take that exciting news back to our attorneys and we're like, we want to do this. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> we just checked your trademark and actually it's not quite strong enough to build a franchise on. And we're like, really? what do you mean? And so since that combination of booty bar there's a lot of other people in the fitness industry that use the word bar in their name um usually spelled the other way like bar classes which Mm -hmm. is b-a-r-r-e but if anyone knows trademark law that anytime it's confusing it sounds confusing it can still kind of like take down the value of your name so they're like we think if you want to go through this you need to change your name and at first we thought that that was like you know it was heartbreaking Mm -hmm. it was like we build everything on the booty bar. What are we going to do? Um, and I think that goes back to just seeing it as an opportunity. Okay. Yeah. Well, we loved the booty bar, but it also did turn people away. People thought we were a strip club. Um, <laughs> it also confused people. They thought we only had bar classes, mm-hmm. um, which is not true. And so we saw it as an opportunity to, hey, we'll make a tiny name change. Well, we're making it really early in business, six mm-hmm. months in compared to what we see this as growing to is nothing. Um, so decided to make that change. And now we're entertaining ideas of franchising and opening other studios around the upstate and across the U.S. Nice. Well, congratulations. Like, I can't wait till I'm on vacation in California. (laughs) Yes. Stopping by the booty shop. (laughs) Right. my fiance's like, where were you? I was like, I was at the booty shop. (laughs) (laughs) She'll be there with you. (laughs) Yeah, probably. I was like, you guys selling booty? Right. In the fitness way, not in the other way. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Might interpret that. But I, I love that because when you when you talk about the initial setbacks, kind of like we were discussing mm-hmm. before on the podcast, how things just come up. And um, when it comes to someone running a business, when it comes to somebody really trying to better themselves, the roadblocks, the speed bumps, the obstacles, they're sure to come. Oh, they're inevitable. <laughs> yeah. They're and right sometimes there. they're like heartbreaking like that. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it feels like it's going to ruin everything. Yeah. Um, and I think that. It it very well could have. I think that it really takes the right mindset and the right people. I think my partner and I really push each other in a good way, mm-hmm. um, bounce good vibes and good ideas off of each other and challenge each other in our thinking. Um, and I think that's a valuable asset to yeah. kind of help you get through those those hard points where you really could swing or, sink or swim and you just got to figure out which one you want to do. Yeah. And it's always <laughs> scary being in those situations when – 
you're you're in a position where okay the obstacles arise and the problems come and mm-hmm. we talked about the negative thoughts and mm-hmm. I mean I've had the thoughts many times like why well, am what if I'm not good enough to do mm-hmm. this what if I can't handle these problems yeah and kind of like clockwork the problem comes I freak out I handle the problem I get through it and I, <sighs> I take a <laughs> right. deep breath and I catch my breath just long enough for the next problem to come up right <laughs> but th- there's a lot of times when when you're getting just inundated with these these speed bumps it's mm-hmm. it's hard to kind of keep that momentum sometimes mm-hmm. and it's hard to kind of keep that positive talk yeah. but to your point i mean some of the obstacles i've come through with the podcast if it wasn't for andre i don't know how i'd get through it yeah and he he'll call me we were facetiming the other day solving a problem with the podcast and the recording and we solve it we laugh we have a good time and we celebrate because it's yet another milestone yet another hill that we were able to climb yeah so, i had a I um, so I, I now run track and field. I'm trying to make it on a Team USA this year for the Paralympics. Nice. Um, so in the middle of you know peak training right now and about to start meet season. But I had a coach um, that I first started with that said, never quit on a bad day. And this kind of came about when you know we were training and I was brand new to the sport. Mm-hmm. Um, and just wasn't getting any better. You know, my times weren't getting any faster. I felt like I was fast, but whenever I'd see the times, it wasn't changing very much. Yeah. And um, I would get super frustrated and have, you know, those bad days. And I would talk to him about, you know, I just don't, I don't know if this is even worth putting all my time into because it's a a lot of time. And he said, never quit on a bad day. He said, Mm -hmm. come back to me on a good day, on a day where you're loving it, where you're killing it and you're doing great. And, then we'll see if you still want to quit. Yeah. So I went to another, I went to like a meet, I guess probably a month later, um, did awesome, got second place. And he said, okay, it's time to quit. And I was like, what do you mean? I never said that, you know, like what? <laughs> yeah, hold up. <laughs> yeah. So I, that really stuck with me, never quit on a bad day. And I kind of take that into everything that I do. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I love that. And I think that's a kind of perfect segue as we're coming to the end. I do want to first give an opportunity really quick. I know you wanted to mention and, and touch on the women empowerment because I mean, I'm assuming you and your your business partner have been yeah. killing it and looking at at the bright future. But what would you want to tell other women that are listening to this podcast who are thinking about starting their own business? Mm-hmm. What would you want to tell them? I think that you just got to do it. Sometimes the hardest part is doing it. We have a lot of women ask us, you know, how'd y'all get started? How did you, you know, get the courage to do it? And for us, it was like trial by fire. Mm-hmm. You know, we've talked about a lot of the trials that we've been through and it hasn't been easy, but learning from every single one of those mistakes, the hard way, a lot of times, um, has really put us in a position to grow what we hope is a really successful organization and company. Um, so I would say just to jump in and try it, to believe in yourself and, and to not doubt yourself because with women, there are so many things that we doubt ourselves on or Mm -hmm. that we compare ourselves against someone else on. And if I've learned anything, it's that you're not going to be successful if you don't just have confidence in yourself and love yourself no matter what. Yeah, I love that. You got this, girl. Yeah. <laughs> uh, where can folks reach out to you, get in contact with you, whether it be on Instagram or if yeah. they want to go to the Body Shop website? Yeah. yeah. So I'm very active on Instagram. I'm Blind Fit Girl on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can find me on Facebook too, Blind Fit Girl or just Erica Powell. Um, and then for the Booty Shop, we're at bootyshopfitness.com and bootyshopfitness on Instagram. Awesome. And yeah. I'll have all those links in the show notes. Uh, Erica, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you. I feel like we just scratched the surface. So as you go through the seasons in life, I might have to kind of 
call you back and have you on the podcast again. Thank you so much. And to the listeners, I hope you enjoyed this episode. There was a lot of value here, and I love some of the tidbits that Erica left. First thing I mentioned and pointed out was that we put big ideas on each other. Make sure that your friends help to push you and, and grow you, and also working on that acceptance. I think we all go through our own personal disabilities that we have a hard time accepting. And I think going through that exception and taking the time, as Erica said, give yourself time to accept it and reflect it. And then don't let it define you, but own it. That was another great one. And of course, give yourself time. And of course, I love this last one. Never quit on a bad day because I think we've all been there. Our heads down. It's not going the way we planned. That's not the time to quit. Quit on a high note and then you'll know if it's really for you or not. Mm -hmm. Erica, thank you again. And to the listeners, as we always say at the end of the episode, everybody wants the sunshine, but they don't want the rain, but you can't get the pleasure without a little pain. Let's grow. The No Rain, No Rainbows podcast is recorded at Camaraderie, a collective workspace in Greenville, South Carolina, right off the Swamp Rabbit Trail. If you're looking for a place to grow your business, network with other professionals, and establish your own workspace, Camaraderie is the place to do so. Get access to high-speed internet, private showers and towel service, free methodical coffee, and free beer on tap. For more details, be sure to head over to camaraderiecowork.com or hit the link in the show notes and find out how you can lock in your space with rates starting at just $99 a month. Be sure to tell them that Ted sent you and try it out for free. You never know, you just might find a new home at Camaraderie. Let's grow.